This is a trigger warning. This episode contains adult themes. This episode contains references to suicide and mental health. And if you need some help, please make sure you reach out and talk to someone. Well, hello and welcome to The Divine Podcast. I'm your host, Dee, and some of you may recognize me from my reality TV show days, or if you're new here, I hope you can connect with my ideas and thoughts on things that really shape who I am as a person. I will be sharing personal stories and conversations that will make you laugh at my pain, cry with me through heartbreaks, and feel hopeful about life and all its rollercoaster of emotions. Hello and welcome back to The Divine. I'm your host, Dee, and for those who don't know who I am, please make sure you go back and listen to episode one. Today, I'm with my producers, Andrew. Hey. And Court. Hello. And also joining me, my lovely Asti Marie, who is also a host of Intimate with Asti. Hello. Okay, so Asti, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Like we've been friends for what almost over a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give us a little bit of an intro on you and what you do and how amazing you are because I know, but my listeners don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm Asti and I'm a female sexual empowerment coach and I support women in the realms of sex, love, dating, relationships and also own my own range of sex toys, which is <laughs> how we met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was spicy (laughs) well we um actually met through our mutual friend and I think uh this time I was still living in the eastern suburbs for the first time and I wanted to build like a community of like-minded powerful women around me and but anyways I was talking to my girlfriend Zilla and she was like oh my friend Asti actually lives in Kuji and she has these amazing sex toys and stuff and she's such a boss ass like businesswoman you should too should really link I was like okay cool so I think I sent you a DM on Instagram I was like hey babe I think you asked me like you reached out and you're like hey I'm interested in promoting your products because Zilla was promoting them and getting commission as an affiliate then you reached out and you're like I think I'm interested in doing this too and I was like okay I'll send you some free goodies free sex toys looked at your address and I was like we live really close to each other (laughs) and then you're just like let's get dinner yeah I've been besties ever since I know I asked you out on a date so we had a little girl date and then um, girl crushing on each other yeah yeah yeah. and I just like even the first time I met you like we just never had a time where we didn't talk like you know there's never been like silence between us we Mm. just fucking talk so much shit and I just love you so much and I think our next date was we went to Melbourne together. Yeah. So that first time we hung out, we're like, let's go to Melbourne. Yeah. And I was like, this is one of those really toxic relationships. So we're like, next minute you're planning the wedding and you've already known each other a few weeks. And I was, because um, we went to Melbourne because it was our mutual friend's birthday. Yeah. So we're like, all right, let's just do it. And I, I was saying this to you the other day, My how I felt about you when we went to Melbourne is so different to how I felt about you now. Because I obviously only met you the second time we went to Melbourne together. So we're still trying to get to know, yeah. know each other and see like you know where our friendship will sort of lead yeah. but now like you're like, one of where are the boundaries what am I allowed to say around yeah. her Wish you- <laughs> <laughs> but now you're one of my closest friends and the reason why I wanted you on this podcast today is I want to talk about that time we did DMT together <laughs> yes one of my favorite things about you Asti is like every time I talk to you or I say oh do you want to do this or do you want to do that you're always down for it you're always like yes girl I'm doing this yes girl I'm doing that and I think I was telling you about why I wanted to do DMT and you're like oh my god can I do it with you I was like yeah 
fuck yeah, you can. Yeah. And we went on this fucking magical journey together. And yeah, it was just a magic carpet ride. And I love that you asked me because it's something that I'd been wanting to do for a while. I actually, a few years ago, brought some of someone and it just sat in my apartment for like a year because no one wanted to do it with me. And it's scary. I was like, <laughs> I'm not doing this by myself. Yeah. And so that just never happened. Yeah. I had to meet you. We yeah. got to do it together. So for... Those that don't know what DMT is, I think I need to explain first, we are both not doctors and we're not encouraging anyone to do DMT or any sort of drugs without obviously doing your own research, talking to heaps of people and making sure like you're in the right headspace to do it. Because I've been thinking about doing DMT for a while as well and I've found out about it, but I never actually wanted to take the plunge and do it because it's obviously a really scary thing. Like it's not something you should do without caution. So... For those that don't know what DMT is, I just obviously Wikipedia'd this, but it's like um, the one we did was called 5-MeO-DMT and it's secreted from these bufo alvarius toad. It's found in the Sonoran Desert and it contains this chemical where like these toads excrete it and it's a, a thing to like protect it from the elements because like these toads are so in- endangered and so the indigenous people of these Sonoran Desert use this as a way to sort of heal from like trauma and like go through like these journeys and experiences and stuff like that. So the DMT itself, if you don't get it from the right source where you go and ask respectfully, if you can like, you know, have some of this like venom to like practice it or whatever, it's actually like not ethical because like these toads are now like really endangered. So I found out about this DMT experience through a guy that I met on Tinder, which that's a story for another day. And I remember talking to the lady that facilitates this thing. She was asking me all these questions. She's like, why do you want to do it? Like, what's your purpose? What's your intention? And I was like, well, I always wanted to try ayahuasca. And I'm I, I'm the type of person that likes to try different things, right? So, and she was like, this is not like ayahuasca. It's like that, but it's not really. And you have to be like in the right mind space. So she said it's like similar to ayahuasca, but it's more a potent version of it, right? Yeah. And, so, and ayahuasca is like DMT spread out over hours. It's yeah. just like a big five minute hit. Yeah, but it feels like fucking 10 hours or something, yeah. right? So, 10 million light yeah. years. <laughs> so, I, I found out about her like a year ago, and I was like, during this time, I was in like back in corporate marketing, and she was like, Yeah, if you do this, you need to take a week off because like the things you experience afterwards, you really need to be in the right mind space and all that stuff. And I was like, Okay, well, this sounds really intense, and I, I can focus on my career and all that, so I'm not ready for it. But then, like, she's always like sends out emails like every couple of months, she's like, Hey, I'm back. Like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? And it never felt like the right time. Mm-hmm. And it only felt right this year was I went through, I don't know what happened, but I just got sick of working in corporate and I quit my job and I was feeling a bit lost. And then I was like, I need, I, I just need direction. You know, after all the shit I went through with MTV, I thought marketing was like, my career was where I needed that direction, but it wasn't. And I saw her email pop up and I was like, sweet, let's go do that. Like, I'm not working right now. I can afford to take a week off like and do this amazing experience. And I was talking to you about it because we were just catching up over coffee and you were like, oh, what are you doing next week, babe? And I was like, well, I'm going to go do DMT. And you're like, can I go? Sign me up. And and you were like, babe, like, what the fuck? You like crazy that I was just penciled this DMT (laughs) trip in. (laughs) I love that that's our lives now, though. Like midday, midweek, we're out tripping at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fantastic. And I I felt called to talk to you about it because I didn't want to do it by myself. I was really scared. Like I never met this person who was emailing me. And I wanted to someone to like legit like hold space for me because it is such a fucking intense experience. I the reason why I wanted to do it was 
firstly, I wanted to, you know, find questions and answers to what am I supposed to do? Like, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, I feel like my ego plays such a big role in my life with when it comes to like work. Like I put so much like of um, who I am as a person through work because that's all I've ever done ever since I was 14. I love working. I love hustling. I love making money. But I wasn't working and I was like confused. Like, who am I? Like, am I this reality TV person? And I am I this marketing guru? Am I this author? Am I this podcast host? Who am I? So that's why I wanted to do it. But why did you feel like a need to do DMT? Mm. So like I said, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I feel like I just hadn't found the right time or the right people to do it with where I felt safe because obviously that's really important. Um, And then with the work that I do, I do a lot of body work, a lot of breath work, a lot of meditation. Like I'm so into that spiritual realm already, but I just wanted to, I guess, try something new and see where this could take me. And I've been doing a lot of breath work up until this point, processing grief around my brother and losing my brother at the beginning of last year. And so that was probably my main intention was to connect to my brother and to process some of the grief and some of the pain that I was still holding on to that I hadn't allowed myself to feel yet. Because I felt so blocked and what I'd realised is that a lot of the pain that I was holding on to and holding on to that, I was also numbing myself off Mm. from feeling joy and pleasure Mm. and I realized that if you try and like numb some of the uncomfortable emotions you actually end up numbing everything which is it's actually more uncomfortable to feel numb than what it is to experience Mm. pain so there's some sort of like pleasure in releasing those painful Mm. emotions can I just ask like why did you feel like so blocked off from experiencing like grief or allowing yourself to experience grief was it just because it was a really hard time for you and you just didn't want to think or feel well to be honest I don't think I had that much trouble processing it but I feel like there was still more that I wasn't feeling Mm. into um there's so much that goes into it like Mm. when you're grieving I feel like it doesn't matter what you're doing you feel like you're not doing the right thing like if I was having an off day and I was crying and I was upset I'd have people around me going it's okay like oh no are you okay it's all right like cheer up kind of things and I was like now I feel like I'm judged for feeling my emotions but then when days where I was actually having a good day and felt really happy friends and people around will be like you know it's okay like you're allowed to cry you're allowed Mm. to feel so it's like it didn't matter if I was feeling my emotions or not I felt like no matter what I was doing I was still being judged for Mm, it mm, mm, mm. and I had done a lot of breath work and had processed quite a lot of it and especially with the work that I do I feel like a lot of my training had supported me in that but then I got to a point where I just hadn't like cried in so long and I felt like I just wasn't feeling into some of the deep emotions that I was carrying yeah and I think life just gets in the way you get busy you're working you're doing this and doing that and when you get really busy and forget to take a moment to step back and connect to yourself you just carry that emotion with you and it affects you in so many ways that you're not even conscious of which I've learned grief isn't something that you just process and it's like, okay, I'm fine now. It's actually something that if you've lost someone that close to you, you're going to grieve for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. And I've heard people word it in the way that the grief that you're feeling is just the love that you're unable to give. Mm-hmm. So grief and love, it's actually the same emotion really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And now I find beauty in that pain because like I said, for so long I was kind of numbing myself and not feeling. And then when I did do DMT or I have done breath work in the past where I'm like crying, like this feels so amazing because even though I'm feeling something so painful right now, this is what it means to be alive, right? To feel all of those human Mm. emotions. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as women, especially we get taught 
you don't want to be too crazy, you don't want to be too emotional. So then you try and suppress all of those uncomfortable emotions, sadness, anger, and then try and feel into all the good emotions. And it's quite toxic, like positive vibes only. So I picked Asti up and it was like a Tuesday afternoon. No, not even Tuesday afternoon, it was Tuesday morning. Going to go on this amazing like road trip. We drove for an hour and a half. And then the directions that this person gave us. <laughs> even to, getting there was wild. Like it, that was a trip in itself. I know. It was like, she's like, oh, you can't put it in Google, but you've got to follow these directions that she typed up for us. And it's like, take this left turn at this fucking tree and then drive for 500 metres and then down this and fucking... And we're off-roading, getting stuck in the mud, down the, and sliding everywhere. And I was like... <laughs> oh my God, we're going to get killed. We're going to get murdered. And I remember saying to you, and then like our phones had no reception because yeah. it was in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh my God, Assy, I'm so glad you're with me because if I'm going to die, at least I'm dying with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so scary. Like my phone had no reception. I didn't know where we were going. We rocked up and we got out and it was actually so beautiful. Hey, like the place was like full of trees and it was a bit secluded. What, you didn't mm. think it was beautiful? <laughs> you thought it was beautiful. I was like, this is Hicks. There was like some sort of like yurt in the backyard. I think there were people living there. It looked like they were just like mad hoarders. It was shit everywhere. So you're going, this is beautiful. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, no, the actual, okay, the actual temple itself that we Once did. Once we it, got in, it was really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So we got to this place, right? So, and then like the host rocks up and then like she's exactly how I pictured she would be, you know, like this sort of like, um, like sort of gypsy traveler looking type person. What was her story? She's like, I just landed from Hawaii. I fly Bali. somewhere else tomorrow. Yeah. Like she's there for one day. Yeah. yeah. And she was literally there for one day and she was like, oh, you two are like the only person I have today. I was like, how did we score this? Because she usually does it in groups and we just like booked a slot where it's just us two, which is what I want anyways. I don't yeah. want to trip with other people around me. We go in this friggin' like little temple thing and then she's setting out all her crystals and then she's saging, she's meditating, she's asking us questions. She's like, we did a meditation together and then she's like, and, and I remember she looked at us, she was like, right, who wants to go first? And I was so scared. I was like, I don't want to go first. It felt like it was just like zero to a hundred. Like, all right, we're going to do it now. I'm like, really? We, are we doing it now? I know. She didn't even warm us <laughs> yeah. up. But she was just like, who wants to go first? Yeah. And I was like, not me. And Asti was like, I'll go first. I was like, okay. And I'm just going to like sit here and watch you. Which I think worked well because in my mind I was like, I'd rather go first because if I think, I thought if I watched you and it looked scary, then I'd be more resistant yeah. to doing it. So I was like, I'll just do it. <laughs> Which I'm glad because, um, she, so she came, she comes over to you. <clears throat> She has this little pipe and there's powder in the pipe. This is one of those few moments in my life where I've sat there and been like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> in this crazy little weird te temple out in Hicksville, in the middle of nowhere with this woman that we've just met holding a pipe up to my face. Asti, I mean, what did you expect you were going to get when you went to do the DMT? Did you think it was going to be like the Sheraton or something? Um, <laughs> That's actually, probably the bitch yes, ass was like, thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably thought we were going to be like a five-star suite. Actually, and it's like no, I did. I was like, we're going to like a resort centre. I was like, there's going to be a nice pool. There'd be like nice bed. We were actually laughing because we were like, maybe we'll stay the night. We'll like make the most of it. And then afterwards we looked at each other and we're like, nah. I think she was offering us food. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm even good, babes. I don't want to be here. <laughs> um, so actually, yes, I was expecting yeah. five star treatment for this. It sounds like you didn't get that. Um, <laughs> I have a, so I, I have a photo. I'm gonna pull it up. <laughs> like all Take I can photos remember. Don't work on podcasts. Just oh, a yeah, pro true. tip. I forgot about actually, that. <laughs> I just remember when we drove in, we couldn't really figure out where we were meant to be going, so we actually drove past 
the place at first until like a dead end and you were so fine like this is amazing and I just remember being like I'm so scared I feel like someone's gonna come you out. hit it well I didn't realize she was scared I thought like you were just yeah whatever babes I was like there was stuff everywhere like these people were, I felt like we were in like a tip somewhere there was just like rubbish everywhere I was like someone's gonna come out of here and begin chasing us <laughs> and like you said like the little temple or whatever it was it was actually really beautiful but it was just so like strange where it was positioned like with all the other craziness that was going on and then inside was like empty just like hardwood floors this huge space and then little me and you and I was sleeping <laughs> and then up on the roof was like this fucking painted like starry sky or some shit and it was like dusty and I was like okay the same to Sheraton babes, but it'll do. <laughs> Actually, just before, I think she like did the meditation and everything. And then she's like, I'm just going to run to the bathroom. Then I'll come back and we'll get started. And oh me and God. you get out our phones and we're like filming everything. No, okay. The bathroom fucked me up because it was like, she was like, oh, when you go to the bathroom, don't flush. You got to put sawdust over. I was like, excuse me, what? And then I was like, I went to the bathroom and I was like, wait, you can't flush? I'm going to put sawdust in it. I was like, what the fuck is this? But there was another toilet two doors down that was like a regular toilet. Oh, so why did she make us piss in the sawdust? I walked past that and I was like, I'm going to the normal one. What the fuck? I didn't know about the normal one. I pissed in the sawdust one. This whole place was just so strange. And then the house had, like, all these different bedrooms so that you can stay if you want. Bro, just and like the, Okay, sorry. And then she was like, if you guys get cold, there's a fucking, like, blanket for you. And she opens this room. It was dusty as fuck. Whips out this blanket. And I see dust flying everywhere. She's like, here, you can put this on yourself. And I'm like, I'm good, babes. No, thanks. <laughs> it was, like, Egyptian cotton. No. So this host, she had just flown in and she would found this place through someone to host <laughs> this meditation slash trip at. But it was actually another woman there who owned the property and who leased out the space for this purpose. I love you it so much. It looked like she hadn't left. Like it looked like she'd spent the last 30 years there and had never been into the city. By the way, you're a fucking real one though because I love you so much. She must have thought like, what is Dee doing? Like she's taking me on this fucking journey. I'm about to get murdered. And I just... Like, I'm so glad you were there. I'm like, take me. I'm so glad you were there with me because if I was there by myself, I'll fucking freak out. The host comes over to Asti. Okay, firstly, I was like, where the fuck is this DMT? Expecting it to be in the, like this amazing like little, I don't know, because it, it's so sacred. I was hoping like she was going to whip it out in like this sacred like box or something. And then it was just like this tiny A little. baggy. <laughs> Your royal baggy. <laughs> like a golden crusted baggy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was sitting there watching her with all her fucking crystals and a little like feather on the, her stage. I was like, um, where's this DMT? And she's like, it's right here. And it was this little vial with like white powder in it. I was like, oh, that's really like um, anticlimactic because I was expecting it to be this whatever. What I don't, did you I don't think know. It was going to look like. You expecting a frog? Well, I don't know. I was expecting it to be like, like here's the frog. Now let's lick extra- it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now lick, lick the frog. And <laughs> can I ask how much it cost? It was five hundred bucks each. Mm. Yeah, which was like okay, it's really expensive. But you know, for the journey and stuff, that if you can afford it, I don't it, think it's expensive for a pro, like just the two of us with one facilitator with one host. Yeah, but you can get DMT like from the streets for like. 
Yeah, I know, but I'd like for the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having someone post you. Yeah. We're there for quite a few hours. Yeah. It's worth it. And there's DMT from the the streets, (laughs) which is like synthetic, man. Yeah, yeah. This is like proper DMT. This is DMT. So this is. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if your experience would be different. From what I've heard, it's not so much. Well, I just like. Is this one healthier? (laughs) (laughs) Sugar free, gluten free. (laughs) I just think like if I wanted to do it, I wanted to do it right. And like, I, I did my research on it and it said like you know it's actually really fucked up how dmt is being used now in western society and all that stuff so i wanted to pay my respect to that respects to the respects of respect i wanted to be respectful yeah. to the indigenous people of yeah. the sonoran desert and what she actually said which i don't think you mentioned before this might be incorrect but i think she said it's a more ethical way of doing it when the person that retrieves it from the frog they only take it from its back Mm. whereas other people will take it from like its back and behind the ears like it's located in two places and if they take all of it they're being greedy obviously they want to make more money but the the frog dies Yeah. yeah Yeah. So this guy apparently only takes it from, from the one. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, I feel like, yeah, if we were going to do it, we did it right, the right way. And yeah. I wanted to be like, I wanted to go in it and be ethical and just do it like the way it's supposed to be done and not just like, you know, from the streets, like yeah. smoking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Not like at a party, we're just like, woo, but like actually setting an intention. To, to do it. it. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. I say like, when like friends ask me, oh, they think I'm fucking crazy for doing all these drugs. But no, if you have the right intention behind it and you do it, in the right so anyways I think it's good to have like the base or the foundation of having done work on yourself first Mm. because as she said it can bring up stuff in the weeks to come and if you don't know how to hold yourself through that it's hard yeah yeah. so she so she holds it so she gets out this vial of like white powder she puts it in this like little crystal pipe and then she goes over to Asti she's like the way you smoke it is like you inhale it and like you hold it whatever the fuck she was saying I don't know she counts you down doesn't she yeah into it so she walks over to Asti and then you go tell them like what happened and then I was freaking the fuck out but how did okay how did you like inhale it though because like I you really struggled didn't you yeah Yeah. I struggled because I hit it like a fucking like bomb yeah and I was like holding it I was trying to blow she said to like breathe it in like slow and steady so I just breathed like how she said I think it was like Like that slow. And you must have gone. <laughs> well, it fucking, it tasted like ass. Yeah. Like it was disgusting. And when I hit it, I was like, oh, this is gross. So I was trying to blow rings on it. She's like, don't you know blow. what it smells like? It what? smells like new shoes. I got oh. some of my Louboutins resold the other day. They were sitting in my cupboard. And then I opened the door and I was like, it smells like DMT in yeah. here. And I was like, oh my God, it's a new shoe smell. Yeah. So, okay. So you <laughs> hit the fucking pipe. Okay. So the first time. Spoiler alert, we did it twice. But we, the first time I did it, I I felt so resistant. Obviously, it's like you don't know what's going to happen. So all of that fear comes up to the surface. And I remember doing exactly what she said, like taking it in really slowly and then laying back down afterwards and closing my eyes. And I... I think in my mind I expected it to be a little bit like mushrooms. I was kind of expecting that sensation and that, those kind of colours and patterns. It was completely different to that. I was like, this, this is insane. Like I haven't experienced anything like this before. But the first time I felt like I went, I lay down and straight away it was like this inner battle of like, a large part of me going, yes, we can do this, like surrender, it's safe, like there's something awaiting for you on the other side, like trying to trust the experience and the process. And then the other part of me was like, 
just full resistance. Like, no, we can't do this. This isn't safe. Like, don't let go. Stay here. So it was like this huge inner battle. And I remember then trying to connect to the part of me that was the resistance and seeing it as like this separate um, identity. And I guess it helps from a lot of the work that I do in my coaching, working with these inner pieces and recognizing their purpose. But I could recognize that the resistance was coming up because it was trying to protect me, right? So you're like, is this safe? Is something bad going to happen? Is there danger on the other side? So this bit was coming up to protect me. And I remember just like having this conversation with it and bringing up this inner dialogue of it's okay, I'm safe, everything's going to be fine. Thank you for for trying to protect me, but I've got this. And then I remember it moved from a protective piece that was blocking me from going in to a protective piece that was supporting me, like on my side and wanting the same thing, but like in a way that's supporting my desire. And it was like, it felt like it was my inner masculine, which was interesting to me because a lot of the time I meditate or do breath work, it's all very feminine energies. So it was like my inner masculine then behind me, supporting me to drop in and go a little bit deeper. At the same time as it being my inner masculine, it also felt like it was my brother sitting there. And I just remember, like, it felt like he was actually just sitting there beside me, supporting me to go in and to go even deeper. And it was beautiful, that connection, because my brother committed suicide. So when he left us, he was in a really shitty place and he wasn't... He wasn't his true self, but when I connected to him there, it was like he was the man that he was supposed to be, you know? It's like I connected to the true him and to his soul. I got goosebumps. Yeah. So when you were going through this experience, I remember I was, like, watching you so carefully because I was, like, obviously I didn't know who this chick is. And I was was getting ready. I was, like, if she's going to do something weird, like, I'm ready to throw hands at this bitch. So I was just making sure, like, you were safe. Obviously, she's such a lovely lady, but I was just, like – I was just making sure I was watching you so carefully, like the way you were inhaling it. And at any point if you were freaking out, I'll fucking go over there and like throw hands or some shit, like jump in. But when she, um, when you hit it and like, I saw you just lie down straight away when you inhaled it. And then she was like doing like the singing song around you. And she was like getting her sage and she was like shaking these like little maracas. Was mm. mar- mar- that what they yeah, call yeah, yeah. Whatever maracas, the fuck. Yeah. Maracas. And she was shaking these maracas and then she was doing the thing. And then I saw you just lie down like so straight. But then you were like you, you breathe and like I saw your chest rise. And then like I don't know, like I wasn't tripping yet, but I saw this sort of like light like over your body like it was like sort of like it was maybe your energy trying to leave your body but it was still attached to your body like I just saw these rays of lights out out of your body like if you were to imagine it in a cartoon or like a movie it would be you lying and there was this rays of light trying to like sort of leave your body and go like up somewhere Mm. and I like your chest was up like that and you were like breathing and then like the whole thing probably lasted five minutes but for you it probably felt longer Mm. and then your chest sort of collapsed and then you started crying yeah, I started crying yeah. and then you put like the blanket over you and like you were crying I was like I was really worried I was like is she okay but obviously you were fine like I just wanted you to experience it and I was like you were crying and all that stuff and then you came to and you sat up and you're like that was amazing and like and then she turned to me and she was like now it's your turn I was like what the fuck Yeah, you came to and you were sitting down and like, 
I don't think you were, you said anything. You were just like, that was really intense. And then like, she looked at me and you looked at me and then she was like, yeah, it's your turn D. I was like, okay. And then you're like, you just looked at me and you were just nodding. You were so supportive. I was like, all right, well, if Asti did it. I couldn't speak, just nodding. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. So she comes over with this fucking pipe again and she's like, oh, breathe in, hold it and like whatever. And I think I was just so nervous. I just forgot what she said. So when I hit it, I was like, and then it was tasted so foul. So I was like, trying to blow a ring like that. And then she was like, no, no, that's You're the- trying to blow a ring. Yeah. <laughs> and she's oh like, no, no, that's the medicine. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> trying to suck the ring back in. <laughs> so then like, she was like, hit it again. So I hit it again. And like, I think like, because like, I didn't hit the whole medicine. I was sitting up and I could feel it hit me. And I was looking at her and then the room sort of tilted. And then like, I, I, I refused to lie down. Like I refused. And I was looking at her and she was like, it'll probably be better if you close your eyes and lie down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Because it's such an inner experience. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So I closed my eyes and I lied down and I fucking, like, hated it. Hey, like, that experience for me was so – it was a lot because my thing was I wanted to get rid of my ego and I felt like when I was under, I could hear her singing and doing her fucking dance and shit like that. But my brain felt like it was split into two. This side, my right side was my ego and my left side was my feminine side. So I felt this voice on the right side asking myself, who am I, who am I, who am I? And this, no apologies, it was the other way around. It was the voice on the left that was asking, who am I, the feminine side, asking, who am I, who am I? And the voice on the right was just saying, just be, Mm. just be like this loud masculine voice saying, Mm. just be. And then the right side was like, but who am I? Like, what's just be? And the right side was saying, um, just be, just be. And I f- literally felt like my brain was split in two and my body was split in two because the right side of my face was like, I, I don't know, it was like melting. It felt like it was melting, but the left side of my face was just like thinking and I felt like myself frowning. It was a really weird experience and I I felt really scared. And I heard this, like, like I felt myself go, like get out of this get out of this like what are you doing get out of this mm-hmm. and it was just that just be just be just get out of this and I, I like I, I wanted it to be over like I didn't want it to trip anymore I was like I fucking want this to be over I'm done so I finally came to and I sat up and cut like not I didn't want to say her name I sat up and I came to and the host was like how was that day and I was like I didn't like it and she was like you, you didn't and I was like no because like it was really confronting. And she's like, that's perfectly normal. Yeah. And she was like, usually like people would do it two times because I gave you um, a, a dose that's only half for the first time. And she's like, people will usually do two doses. Would you like to go again? I was like, I don't know. And I looked over at you, Asti. I was like, if you want to do it again, babe, you go do it. But I, I don't know. Like I need to process. Mm. So she was like, okay, let's do it again, Asti. So she comes over to you with the pipe again. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting because she asked me, she's like, after the first time, she's like, how was that for you? And I went into that whole story of everything that I just explained and she didn't say anything. She just looked at me and went, do you want to do it again? So it's like she knew, she knew that I didn't fully like go into Mm. it because of the resistance. And in my mind, I was like, well, I feel like 
in that first time that I did it, I just done all of the work to move the resistance. So if I'm going to do it again, that resistance is already moved and I'm going to go into what's beyond that. Mm. So I knew I didn't want to come that far and like just shift the resistance and not actually experience mm. it. So even though I was still scared, I said yes and did it again. And this time was like, now I understand why she was just like, do you want to do it again? Because after the second time, I had no words. Like I couldn't even describe what happened. And I feel like it took me a couple of weeks to even be able to put it into words. Mm. So this time there was nothing in the room happening with me. Mm. I wasn't even aware of you in the room with me. I wasn't aware of her in the room. I had no the concept of like what was happening mm. around me physically. So all of that just like melted away. And the way that I can like best describe it is was a complete ego death. Like my ego completely died in that moment and I got to experience what it feels like to be fully tapped into your soul self. Mm. And even like what I saw was like everything disappeared. It's like you literally go into a different reality or different dimension and it sounds really crazy but I feel like I saw colours that I've never seen before. Mm. Like it was like, you can't even like describe it to the human mm. mind, right? It's insane. Mm. And so I went into that and then I just remember this deep, like like the deepest surrender that I've ever experienced. And it felt like the feeling was just like divine love, like the purest, most divine sensation mm. and feeling of love. And then I got this like, sensation of like I'm home and it was like oh my gosh I was like this is where I came from and this is where I'm going back to like this this is it it's like a behind the scenes of the matrix type of thing and I feel like it's almost like the veil between life and death was removed mm. and so in that I felt like I was so much closer to my brother mm. Yeah, like it's so hard to describe. And what it's like made me realise, I heard someone talking about this, I think it was on a reel. Like when we think about death, it's really hard to even conceptualise where it is that we go after that. And every death is like a rebirth, right? Mm. So if you think of like a baby in the womb, for them when they're going to be born, that's the, de that's the death of that reality for mm. them. And if you explain to a baby that the afterlife of that life is actually so much closer than what you think, as that baby in the womb, you'd be like, you're crazy. Like, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about? But actually it is, right? It's like the, the way you go to after that death, that next world is actually like so close in comparison mm. to being inside the womb mm. um so yeah now I just I feel like that with my brother and with light like I feel like my fear of death is completely gone mm. and I feel like my brother's always here it's just like in a different dimension that we can't always tap into mm. yeah it's just I, like moving through that veil can I just ask how long like for you know how long do these trips take the DMT you know it's like acid it's hours and hours What's five minutes it's like? about five minutes each yeah oh, so so intense in yeah. that five minutes you were gone you're like boom gone dropped out sold like ego dead full soul oh my god this is where I came from it's like flat like you're flying through space into a different dimension and then you just go and you're back it felt like two hours like when <laughs> when I was under like the second time and the first the first time I went under it felt like it was an hour, but it was reality. It was only five minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah. But um, I remember looking at you the second time and you were like laughing and giggling and like you weren't cr- like you were still crying and you were experiencing all these beautiful emotions. And yeah, you were like laughing and giggling. I was like, fuck me, man. Like she's having a time of her life. And like, like the first five minutes where it's like you're in a different dimension. I think you just literally lay there. Yeah. Like, but then when you start to come back. It's kind of like these two worlds are kind of overlapping. Yeah. So you're here, but it's still in the... That's yeah. when you're like laughing and like making more sound. But I think when you're in it, you're just like... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was looking at you and you were just giggling, having the time of your life. And I was like, fuck, am I going to do it again? Like, why is she having so much fun? And I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and so the host, like after you came to the second time, she turns around to me. She's like, do you want to do it again? And I was like fuck it, yeah, I'm here. I might as well just do it again and yeah. see what happens. And then she was like, this time, like, when you hit it, like, just breathe in. Don't try to blow rings. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so she comes over, gives me the pipe, and I took it in and I held it in. She's like, yep, hold it, hold it. And it tasted so foul. I was like, I don't want to hold it. She's like, hold it. I was like, okay. And then I swallowed it and immediately I dropped. Mm-hmm. Like, I went under straight away. I didn't resist anything and I went under. And it was the same thing again in my head when I was under. I was like, the right side... <clears throat> was like, no, the the left side was like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And the right side was just be, just be. And then I was pondering the the word just be. And then when I, what what I realized was me asking like whatever, God, the universe or whoever it is, who am I? Is my ego. Me asking who am I? What am I? Like what it is, is my ego. And what I'm like it's trying to tell me it's just be like you are no one you're not like you're not a marketing guru you're nothing you're just you're just you just be that's you in the essence you trying to find out who you are is your ego trying to attach like some sort of identity to yourself and finding worth in that person and as soon as you stop asking who am I that's when you figure out who you are are. which is like then it shows you that you're just connected to everything everything and everyone exactly so when I accepted that I should just be that's when I felt like this I went through like because the whole time I was just lying still Mm -hmm. I I didn't do anything but I felt my brain just go fucking crazy right I was like traveling through space as well so when I I accepted that word just be and then it sunk into my body it felt in my core like my soul suddenly all I saw was just white like it wasn't even like the color white it was like an absence of color and I heard this ringing in my ear it was like the t, and I was just in this space this absence of color space and I was in there and I like when you talk it's like an echo and I was like and I said to myself oh my gosh I'm dead this is death this is death for me because I felt so peaceful I felt so content Mm. but I was also scared I was like oh my god am I dead Mm. And it was, I realized it is a death. it's that yeah. death of the ego yeah. that, and then when I was like, oh, I am dead. And then suddenly when I said that, I saw a burst of like colors over my vision as well. Like it, I felt like colors broke through the absence of color and like all these like vivid, like rainbow colors came. And then I was in this garden. I saw lush green grass, so many light reflecting like diamonds around me. And I felt I was barefooted and I felt the grass underneath my feet. I felt the softness of it. I smelt grass and I felt like this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my new life now. And when I said that, suddenly this intense feeling came over my body, Asti. And I kid you not, I legit had the best 
orgasm of my life and I didn't <laughs> even have penetration. I felt this like it was this build up Full in my body. Orgasm. Yeah, yeah, it was. I felt this build up in my belly. It was this orgasm. And you know, when you come like when you're like having sex with someone, you come like the orgasm probably lasts like five seconds. It felt like this orgasm was coming and then it like it left and then it came back again. And I felt like, you know, my nipples were hard. Like my, like, I felt like my panties were soaked or something because I just kept coming and coming and coming. And I was like, it got to a point where it was too much. I was saying like, okay, this is bliss. Like, this is just too much now. And then I heard this voice say, well, this is just like a small part of what you deserve. Yeah. The love that you deserve and the love that surrounds you is like tenfolds of this. Yeah. And I was, I remember saying to myself, if this is only like, a small percentage of what I deserve. Imagine when I like, you know, open my mind up and allow more love into my life. Imagine when I like allow myself to experience bliss to its fullest. Mm. I don't think the human body could ever comprehend like the amount of bliss and love like at its full potential. Cause no. I felt like that moment. You were was, like a walking orgasm. When yeah. That yeah. I, I felt like that moment was only like 10% of what we can really experience. Yeah. So this orgasm kept coming, kept coming. And I finally like calmed down and I could see myself like, like the end of the trip was coming. And then I was just like, I was leaving that garden and I could see like the garden, like fading further, further away from my vision. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to go yet. I don't want to leave. And this voice said to me, it's not your time. You have to go back. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't want to leave. Do you know what's so interesting? I've watched so many documentaries on people that have had near-death experiences and they all talk about... Because DMT is released when you die, right? Mm. Everyone who has a de- near-death experience, they come back and they're like, no, like, I don't... I, like, they want to die when they're there. Yeah, because I, I remember, like, I was like, no, 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 I'm not, not ready yet. And then the voice was like, no, it's not your time. Go back. And when I came back and I opened my eyes and you were sitting up and, like, the host was over there and I felt so sad. I was actually sad and I... I didn't speak for a while. She was mm. like, how did you feel? I was like, I just didn't talk. And she's yeah. like, you're not ready to come to yet. Are you? Yeah. I was like, no, because yeah. I didn't want to be in this reality. I wanted yeah. to be back there experiencing yeah. that that bliss, experiencing that love, experience that like orgasm, like yeah. forever. But yeah. you're not meant to experience that as humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. Oh my gosh. But I love that you went in like from this ego point of view. And then once the ego dropped, you had that beautiful experience. So it's almost taught you like, it's not about what you do or who you are to earn love. You're just worthy of love. In general. Yeah. yeah. So how was it for you when, cause after that we left and she was like, oh, you guys can stay for soup. I was like, nah, homie, I'm sweet. I want to go home. Yeah, 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 but I'm not yeah. staying for soup in this fucking we're crazy place. Here. Yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> but how did you feel like the next day and the couple of days after? Cause I really struggled with my reality. Yeah. Like afterwards. I remember the same as you. When I came back, the first thing I remember thinking is how am I supposed to carry on living my life with this information? Like how do you integrate that into this reality? Mm. And then as weeks went on, I think I just started to view life in a different way. Like um, thinking about like living from this soul place that I tapped into I was like, how am I supposed to carry on doing like the mundane human things and like things that I love, like that seem that a lot of people would shame and say that's not spiritual, like drinking or like going out for our long lunches or buying designer handbags. I was almost like, how am I supposed to enjoy this stuff now when I've experienced like something so much greater? 
And then I started doing these things from a place where it was more like my soul was leading me through my life. And I just kept having this saying come through to me when I was doing anything to make me feel good. It was like, we're doing this for our human. Mm. So it was like, I was no longer like human chasing these soulful experiences and meditating and stuff. But my soul was like making the most of the human experience, Mm. knowing that that's the soul experience. So that saying always comes to mind now, like doing this for our human. Yeah. Yeah. So... I um I know you talked about breath work. I've never done breath work before, right? <clears throat> so when I um after we left uh, that week, I really struggled with reality. Like I was still feeling like lost, even though I experienced like this amazing thing and the whole point of me doing it was to discover who I am. But I felt like I left it more lost than than what I felt coming into it. If that mm. makes sense, because I think there's a sense of um grief that comes up for yourself because once you and this happens with people that move through trauma and stuff in their life but once you tap into a higher state of pleasure and ecstasy and feeling good it's almost like you grieve all the time before you because Mm. you're like this has been available to me this whole time and I haven't given myself permission or I haven't been able to access it for for me it was more like I didn't want to be in this I know this is going to sound really fucking like fucked up but I didn't want to be in this world I wanted to be back in that garden like I, I wanted to be back in that garden and I didn't understand how I I couldn't be back in that garden mm. and I was here in this real world mm. so I actually reached out to the host like a couple of days after I was like hey because no she emailed me she's like hey how are you guys going integrating yeah she offered support yeah and I was like, to be honest with you, I'm really fucking struggling. Hey, like I, like I had this amazing experience, but I'm really struggling like with my everyday life. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And I, I, I'm more sad than what I was doing it. Mm. She's like, that's completely normal. You should reach out to this person and do some breath work and it will open up like how you can integrate more. Mm. I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's just give it a go. So I met this person and she was facilitating the breath work for me. So we were talking about my experience with DMT and she was like, yeah, like a lot of people come to me afterwards because they're feeling exactly how you're feeling. Mm. So breath work is supposed to open up like the pain and the trauma underneath. Like, cause obviously I still had a lot of trauma and pain underneath mm. and it's going to help you integrate. So when I came out of that breath work session, what I realized was for me to incorporate bliss and feel that garden in everyday life is to really slow down and take my time to do everything so bliss is around me all the time so when I'm like waking up going to the gym going for my swim because I'm such a go 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 person Mm. like I'm so busy all the time but I don't really slow down and be in the moment and be present and she's like this week I want you to go about your day but feel bliss and everything so take number one priority yeah take time wake up when you put moisturizer on feel how it feels on your skin when you're swimming feel how the water feels on your body when you're lifting weights feel how your muscles are reacting to it Mm. and that's when I did that and I started living my life with a place of more intent and coming like to discover bliss in everything I do even brushing my hair or getting dressed that's where I felt like that work that I did with DMT really integrated. Yeah, you're bringing that garden to life. I know, in like yeah. real life. I love that you mentioned this because this is a huge piece of what I do when I work with my clients is that I feel like we're all just stuck on this hamster wheel where we're const- hamster wheel where we're constantly hustling and grinding and doing like go, 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 go to get to a point where we're like, okay, now I've become enough. Now I've done enough. Now I'm worthy of feeling good, right? But that actually, that point never comes mm. because the hamster wheel never 
ends, that destination keeps going further away and that to-do list keeps growing. And so you never actually get to a point where you feel worthy of treating yourself to Mm. pleasure. And what I always teach people is that pleasure isn't a reward once you feel enough or once you've done Mm. enough, but it's a tool to remind you that you always were. Mm. You always were enough. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you, Asti, for today and for being really real and opening up because I know it is a very hard thing to talk about grief. But for those who are listening and want to know more about you and find you, how are they going to find you? So you can follow my Instagram is Asti, A-S-T-I dot M-A-R-E-E. I've also got my own podcast, which is called Intimate with Asti. And if you want to buy the sex toys that we were talking about earlier, that's pleasuretreasuresbyasti.com. So I I am going to add where you can find Asti's sex toy, her coaching stuff and her Instagram in the description for this episode so you can connect with her and reach out to her if you want to know more. But that wraps up this episode of The Divine and I just want to say thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you do want to reach out and say hello to me or have any questions, you can email me on hello at thedivine.com. That's divine with a D-E-E. And I'll be back for another episode soon where we're going to talk about embarrassing sex stories, which will be a fun ride. <laughs>